Welcome, my friends, to the premiere edition of the Mark Claire Show. I am here. For those of you on video, you can see I am in the the Mark Claire Show studios here, just outside of Tampa, Florida. It is still a work in progress. Life is a work in progress. Podcasts are a work in progress. Uh, but at some point, you know, I, I had to just get this thing going. Uh, so here we are today on. All Hallows' Eve, a very appropriate evening to be dropping not just the premiere episode of The Mark Claire Show, but particularly considering my guest today. Uh, he is the host of the Confessionals podcast, Tony Merkel. Really excited to be talking to him. Uh, I've been listening to his show for quite some time, so I'm really excited to share what he's been doing with my audience today. Uh, if you want to know more about this show, what I'm doing here, who the heck am I? What is going on? Well, all you got to do is go find episode zero. By the time this airs, you'll be able to just click back in your feed. It should just be the show right before this one, Mark Claire Show, episode zero, where I break down everything that this show is about, what I'm trying to do here, yada, 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 yada. Uh, There are many ways you can support this show, but I'm going to save that for the end because I just want to get into today's episode. So without further ado, here is my interview with Tony Merkel of the Confessionals Podcast. Welcome to the Mark Claire Show. My guest today is the host of the Confessionals Podcast, where witnesses come and share their true stories of the paranormal, the unexplained, and so much more. I'm very pleased to welcome Tony Merkel. Tony, welcome to my show. Thanks for having me, man. Congratulations on the new show. Thank you. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, it felt appropriate to make you my first guest uh, for a few different reasons. Uh, sort of the day this is going to be airing being one of them, but also just to kind of show my audience that, you know, being a formerly political podcaster, how much of a different direction I'm going to be going in here. So um, enough about me. Let's get into a little bit of your story. And um, I'm just kind of curious a little bit of your background and when or where you started to take interest in the paranormal, the unexplained. And you can kind of take us into how that got you to the point of, I'm going to actually start a podcast about this yeah uh how much time do we have because uh you, you I, said till eight o'clock so about six hours is that enough yeah <laughs> that's fine i was always interested in in this, the topics and stuff but uh growing up i'm still the kind of person i won't watch horror movies they scare the heck out of me and so uh it, it's kind of funny in the sense of what i do uh but when I was a kid growing up, it was all about the uh, the Bigfoot. It was about uh, even werewolves and just uh, looking for lost treasure, the mysteries of life. Um, as I got, I think it was like, I think I found out Santa Claus wasn't real in second grade. And when I figured that out, I was like, no, we have to hold on to some kind of magic here. <laughs> and so I was, uh, I was just interested in a lot of the paranormal talk and stuff. And um, then uh, we, we go to college and we do the whole uh, college route and, you know, trying to find a, a, a long time uh, person to spend the rest of my life with. And just this stuff was off the, off the table for me. And, uh, me and my wife, we got married at 21 and early in our marriage, uh, I was bored out of my mind. I was just like, uh, all my friends are going to clubs doing stuff and I'm going to work and then coming home and spending time with my wife. And I'm just like, I got to find some <laughs> hobby or something. <laughs> you skipped the degenerate uh, so 20s that, I, that I, some of us kind of had. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I have I have no concept of any of that uh, at all. I, I, um, I, I still, I'm still lost going to a bar to order a drink. I'm just like, give me something. I don't know. Like, like they're, they're like, people will order a bunch of different drinks and stuff. You're and like, the guy I don't in know the movie that, that just walks in and just <laughs> yeah. orders a drink, whatever that is. Yeah, just, just give me something. I, I, I'm, I'm good. So, um, yeah, I, I lack a lot of uh, 20s life experience, put it that way. Uh, but 
I remember I had I started driving truck and uh I was it was in the morning and I was watching uh, I think it was like History Channel or something and it was the t- it was a TV show um oh now I'm drawing a blank uh Monster Quest and uh they were always featuring different kind of cryptids and and weird monsters and stuff and I found it interesting obviously and I remember the one day I was just sitting there and I was like you know I'm really digging this show, but I got to go to work and I kind of want to call off work to watch this show. Uh, I can't get in the habit of doing that. So uh, I was, I went online, I think I went on Google and I was just looking for, um, I, I typed in like, uh, I don't know, like uh, Bigfoot uh, radio or something like that. And I stumbled across the world of podcasts. And this was probably like in 2015, I'd say. And um, I was just like, what are, I've heard of this podcast thing, but you're telling me there's all this stuff out there. And I just started binging on a bunch of different shows. And um, and then things things kind of took a more uh, serious route for me in the sense that I, I decided to uh, start really engaging in these communities online. And uh, I had started a Facebook group uh, t- focusing on the idea of Sasquatch. And I, I there, there was a time, and this is where it kind of takes a spiritual route for me as well. Because uh, as somebody who is a Christian... I started hearing people talk about uh, these topics in a way that I was very uncomfortable with at first, uh, because people were saying things like, you know, when I go into the woods looking for Bigfoot, it's a spiritual experience for me. And I'm just thinking to myself, I I don't know if these are the kind of people I need to be hanging out with, because it's almost like they were worshiping this idea of Bigfoot. And and I was praying about it in my truck one day. I'm just a truck driver praying about it, uh, because I was thinking about closing my group down or just leaving it. And uh, I, I really felt God telling me that he put me in this community for a reason. And uh, when I started seeing things that way, where I started feeling like I, I was, I'm actually meant to be here, uh, things kind of progressed for me. And then uh, I, again, I felt like I, I heard God telling me that I was going to start a podcast. And he even gave me the name of the person who's going to befriend me in that process, which is Wes Germer from Sasquatch Chronicles. And uh, I had never talked to Wes my entire life. I had when listened you, to his podcast and stuff. When you say his name came to you, do you mean like you literally, like, can you describe that? What's that, what that's like a little bit more? Like, are you actually hearing a, a literal voice telling you someone's name? I wish. Yeah, that, that'd be very easy to describe. Um, so I, I, I wish it was easy to describe. It's the same way that I actually became a Christian. Um, I, I was raised in a Christian household, but I never truly for myself, was a Christian. I just kind of leaned on my parents for a spiritual crutch kind of thing. And uh, we got married and uh, I almost sank my marriage in my mid-20s on purpose. And um, I, uh, I remember our marriage was good and I was sitting in a church at a funeral and I, uh, I was getting actually really angry in the, in the, at the funeral because uh, my wife's uncle is a Baptist pastor and he gets up and nobody asked him to do this. He just got up and started preaching the gospel of Jesus. And I'm just like, dude, shut up. You're embarrassing yourself. You're embarrassing me. Like I was getting really irately angry that this guy had the nerve to just stand up and just start talking on uninvited. And, um, in that moment, this is when it first happened to me. Uh, I felt God speak to like, it was like what I, what now I call the Holy spirit speak to my heart, but it was so clear. It was like, um, it, it was like the spirit of Tony was being talked to by the spirit of God and is very direct. Like it, it was like, um, I felt like I was the only person in the universe at that time. Like it was like, holy crap, there's this creator God and he's literally zeroing in on me in this moment. And in the middle of my anger, I just felt the Holy Spirit say, and this is, mind you, this was a time where I, I was um, in a point in my life where I was a truck driver trying to get my marriage right. And it was going good with my marriage, but I didn't like the way I was in the sense that I noticed that 
of all the truck drivers that I was around, I'm, I'm around guys 30 years experience in driving. I was the meanest, nastiest person out of You're all. You're not supposed of them. to be mean and for another I, 20 I, I just, or 30 years of that stuff. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and I, I started looking around and they would comment things like that. And I started looking around and I was like, I don't, I don't want to be like that, you know? And so I was making a concerted effort trying to be a nicer person to people in general and stuff. And like before I was, and I'm from Philly. So it was like you kind of rough around the edges. And um, I, I, before I would snap on somebody, I'd be like, breathe, you know? And uh, I, I, but in that time in my life, I was trying to become a better person. And uh, when I felt God speak to me in that church, he said, you don't need to change to come to me. Just come to me and I'll change you. And it's not magical words, but that's what I felt like my spirit, my soul was hearing. And it changed me. Like I, I literally walked out of that church a different person to the point that I sat down in the car. My wife's like almost like pushing herself up against the door, looking at me like, are you okay? Like, cause I'm like, I'm like, I'm good. I just don't know what just happened to me. And then over time I, I figured it out. Uh, but anyways, back to the truck driving thing. Uh, it's the same exact thing happened there where I, I was driving and I don't even think I was praying at the time. I just felt like the Holy Spirit speak to me and said, one day you're going to podcast and you're going to work with Wes Germer. And then a month later, I, I was like, okay, so you know these, these kind of things would happen before? to me. Okay, because that would yeah, be crazy. Yeah, I listened to his just... podcast, <laughs> right? It'd be nuts. I mean, it's, it's still pretty um, amazing. I, I had listened to For sure. I, I, I knew him. I knew the show. I listened to a lot of different podcasts. I mean, driving truck all day, 12, 14 hours a day. You just drive around uh, and uh, you listen to stuff. But I, I, I went home that night and per tradition, because this isn't the first time that's happened to me, um, I would tell my wife just because I wanted somebody to witness when because part of it's like you're like what is going on here you know so i got in the habit of telling my wife when i felt like god was telling me something just so that i had somebody else that i could say my wife knew that this was going to happen and uh, i went home did that and then about a month later i backed my truck up into the dock at work and i was getting ready to wind my night down it's probably like eight o'clock at night and uh, i got a phone call on my uh, facebook messenger app uh from Wes germer and uh, I answered the phone and we talked for like 45 minutes. And in our first conversation, he's like, I think you'd be a good podcaster. And I was just like, I already knew you were going to say that, bro. Like, like, it was, uh, it was very, it was, uh, it was one of the most uh, confirming spiritual experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, and so doing what I do now with paranormal podcasting, uh, this is something that I truly, like, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. And it may not be forever. Like I, like I, I always tell people one day it might be all just kind of pulled back. Like I, I believe God gave me this. So I believe that God can take it away if he wants it. If it's just a time and he's just like, Hey, it's time to move on. Uh, I, and I'm fine with that, you know? Uh, but right now, uh, I am where I am and I'm, I'm a full-time podcaster now. I, I don't drive truck anymore. And, um, I'm trying to build a, a media company and, where we do uh, a lot of other things as well. And, uh, I, I think that, I, I think that there's certain people suited to do this kind of thing. And I, over time, I'm learning that I'm I'm unique in the sense that I'm not special. Like I'm not a, a super genius or anything like that. I, I don't really have traditional uh, perspectives when it comes to ghost hunting and things like that. But uh, when it comes to the, the business side of things, I'm very much an entrepreneur. Uh, and I, I don't, I'm not lazy. I, I move, I go, I do things. And at the same time, uh, I view when when money comes into the situation, I view it very differently. Um, I don't care about it. Like I want to make sure I can feed my family and stuff. But at the end of the day, um, I just told my wife this yesterday. We were talking about all this stuff that you know where we're at in life. And I told her I said literally, if it was all pulled away, and I just we, we wound up being broke, poor again, 
and I go back to living in a trailer next to a river somewhere, I'm good with it. Like, like I'm just good with whatever. And I think that that there's a uniqueness there uh, in the entrepreneurial spirit that I have because most entrepreneurs are like, like, go, 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 keep accumulating, accumulating, accumulating. And I'm like that. But at the same time, it's just like, if it all goes away, I'm, I'm good with that as well. But that doesn't affect my motivation and my, my go nature as well. Like I'm not, I'm not lazy. Yeah, I, no, I, I think that's that a really... Way. Frankly, I'm jealous of the of the way of the way you can look at things like that because I think often we can get so attached, uh, understandably, because we're putting our, our all our effort, all our time, all of our passion into something. So attached to the success of a certain thing by whatever metric we may we may decide upon. Um, whereas you know, and I've tried to work on this a bit myself to just be more you know embracing whatever comes, put myself into things, um, do my best, and then. Try not to attach yourself too much to a specific result. So for me, that's more of a work in progress, but that sounds like it comes a little more naturally for you. Yeah, I, I think um, I think this is kind of where the the the, the growing up with the parents I had um, comes in. Uh, my my parents, especially once my dad became a Christian, uh, he was very uh, very strict on certain things, and one of the things he always hammered into us was, you know, money isn't the beginning and end of everything, and uh, and, and to a fault, to the in, in a sense where uh, I don't view money the same way as uh, a lot of people view money. Uh, I, I find it very useful, and I I pursue getting as much as possible. Uh, but I'm not in love with it, and I just the way I look at it is uh, I, I believe God gave me the money, and so it's my job to be a steward of that, just like I would be a steward of something else. Like if my neighbor said, "Hey, watch my cat for me," I'm going to watch your cat for you and take care of it. Um, I view money the same way. It's not mine. It's something I, I feel God has blessed me with. And uh, he wants me to put it in certain directions. And that's why I feel like we're doing the media company because um, that's the direction I feel we were supposed to be going. And uh, I have no idea what I'm doing with the media company. Like, I'm just like, people are like, well, how's it going? I'm like, I'm figuring it out as we go. You know, like I, I'm former trucker here, pro- podcaster now, and now we're trying to build a media I think company. There's something it is what it is. to that as well, though, with whether it's a company you're starting, a podcast you're starting. Um, at some point, yes, you do need to have a certain amount of plans ahead of time. You do need to do a, a certain amount of forethought. But at some point, you just got to kind of start it and let it become whatever it becomes. Uh, I think in your case, we can maybe get into the beginning of your podcast a little bit because I know that early on you were, I think you were just like recording on your phone at first. So, and now, I mean, the quality is just, you know, through the roof. So obviously there's a progression there. Um, and, and at some point you just had to tell yourself, all right, maybe I don't have, know much about audio. Maybe I don't have all this set up here and there, but I have a phone and it works and I can start this thing. So maybe you can walk me through a little more of the actual launch of the podcast and, and how you actually focused on the idea itself. So uh, the, the podcast was originally a YouTube series that I was doing, and I think that's where Wes saw me first. Uh, and it w- I was not interested in, in quote unquote interviewing people or even doing discussions. I, 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 I just wanted people to share their experiences and it was Bigfoot centric. And, uh, so I think we had probably about five or 10 videos where I would, I had a recording app on my phone and I would call the person up and I just say, can you just introduce yourself as to who you are and tell your story? They would tell their story. I wouldn't say a word. And I'd be like, thank you very much. And I'd hang up and I'd post it on, on YouTube. And uh, it, didn't, it didn't really go anywhere as far as I can remember. Um, but I did call it the confessionals. And it was this idea that uh, people coming forward and sharing what they've been through and almost getting it off their chest, the confessional aspect of it. Um, and, and 
my wife always tells me I could have thought of a better name because people just, when you see the show title, The Confessionals, people are like, they wouldn't guess it was paranormal unless they read the description, yeah. you know? And so um, that's kind of how it all started. And then when I decided to go into podcasting and, and if not just do this phone recording app on my phone thing for the YouTube videos, uh, I, and the YouTube videos was just literally the audio overlaid on an image. Like I wasn't on video or anything. Um, I, I decided to pull out some audio equipment that I had from, from college. And it was just, a. Uh, it was, um, uh, was it M audio Nova, M audio Nova, uh, microphone and a, um, an audio interface I would plug into the computer. And that's what I started on. And I didn't know I, at first I was like, man, this audio quality is amazing. Cause it was way better than the phone. And, uh, uh, but I, I quickly learned that I was lacking on things with audio quality. And so I just constantly looked for other things to add on to the production side of things. And uh, now the process I have for producing audio, I mean, it's probably not the most uh, time efficient, but it's just the way I learned. And so like I have like several programs I run audio through and everyone's like, you're freaking crazy, dude. Like, like nobody, nobody cares that much when they're listening. They don't know the difference between that program and that program. I'm just like, yeah, but I, (laughs) yeah, like, like, I'm like, I do. And, it's gonna it, like it's gonna make me feel like I'm I'm um, I'm cheating if I don't do it the way I, I like it and uh, you know I, I've recently I've changed some things I've I've actually uh, bought a few plugins for the the uh, digital audio workstation that I'm using and uh, that's been helping a lot save some time but ultimately I still do a lot more than other people and it's not because of anything other than I'm self taught I had to figure it out myself and this is the process I, I landed on in the pro- in, in the process of trying to get good audio quality. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've definitely come a long way from the, uh, cell phone recording, putting it on YouTube kind of thing. But, uh, it, it was, uh, it was definitely a journey. Uh, I, I listened back to the first episode. The first episode was recorded with that M audio Nova. And I, I, I remember when I recorded that first episode, I was so proud of it. I was just like, this is, this is it. Like, I was like, this is, I, I, I'm already I here. I, like I, I started saying things like, um, my my show's already there. I'm just waiting for people to find me. And uh, and then I started, you know, listening back to my show on Monday mornings while I'm driving the truck. I'm like, hmm, I could have done this a little better. And I start p- picking it apart. And that's what I tell people when they're when they're uh, podcasting and just starting out. A lot of people ask me for advice and stuff. And I just, you know, I tell them what I did and stuff. But one of the things is like, you got to like be honest with yourself because if you're not honest with yourself, I mean, you're not going to advance very far unless you're really that good off the jump because most people aren't, you know, even Joe Rogan was, and it's just Joe Rogan's Joe Rogan. So, uh, but I mean, you, you look back at his early stages of, um, I think it was Justin TV. He was, he was broadcasting on, which doesn't even exist anymore. I don't think it was like one of the first websites you could log on to create an account and you could go live on this. web. It was just like, what? Wow. You know? Uh, but that's where he started. And so, I mean, he's come a long way, obviously, too. So it's all about progression and, and um, being honest with yourself. And that's just what I pride myself on. And like, there's like, like I said, I literally just bought some plugins a couple of weeks ago to change some things. I mean, listen, I'm already full time podcasting. Like I could just settle and be like, ah, it is what it is. It's good, you know. Uh, but I'm always trying to be honest with myself. And I still think my show needs work, yeah, you know, I mean, so it's a work in you progress. You almost need to 
leave your body at some point and kind of like go back and listen to your own show or, or even maybe this probably applies to a business. Look at your business, listen to your show, not as yourself, like as a listener, as a customer or, but, but a customer who's also you, who's as anal as you and who's, who wants everything to be as perfect as you. Um, and, and it's constantly just saying, yeah. if, if, if it's just like a little thing you take every week and say, I do this little thing better after a year of that, two years of that, three years of that, five years of that, you know, that that's just how you just continue to strive to perfection. There's no such thing as a perfect podcast. Uh, we're trying to get there, but we haven't found it yet. Um, so how did you actually yeah. go about when you kind of came up with the concept of this podcast and bringing people on to, to tell their true stories? How did you go about finding people just to, just for starters there? Was, did you connect with people through that Facebook group? Is that where a lot of it started happening? When I first started, uh, I was talking to Wes a lot and he was giving me ideas of people that I could talk to uh, for bringing on the show. And I, I had recently, uh, I just moved to Tennessee earlier this year and I came across a list that I wrote up years ago of that initial list of people. And I, I, I actually only got like five of them on the show uh, and because the show kind of took off at that point. But um, I, what I did was I put out a call on Facebook groups everywhere and anywhere. I mean, I joined I joined hundreds of paranormal Bigfoot groups uh, or Bigfoot groups, paranormal groups, any kind of thing like that. And um, I, I put up like the first episode and I'm like looking for, you know, people with encounters, email me at the confessionals podcast. Uh, uh, I think it was at gmail.com at the time. And uh, people started emailing and it started snowballing. Uh, at, at the time, I would have a different um, I would have a harder time launching the show today than I did in 2017 because of how many podcasts are out there and how how many people are willing to invest in high-end equipment from the jump of their podcast. Uh, back then, it was very grassroots. Uh, a lot of people just janking it together and figuring it out. So the fact that I had a microphone. Yeah, that's true. Apart, I mean, around you know? that time, even having a microphone at least put you in a somewhat of a higher tier than, than like 80% of podcasts. <laughs> Yeah, like people are like, oh, I can actually hear this, you know? And so I, uh, I, I, putting that first show out, I started getting some emails. And in the beginning, I was just like, cool, I got an email. So let's talk to the person. And, uh, you know, I, I just kind of grew from there. And uh, it, it really kind of got, got ahead of itself uh, pretty quickly for me. I would say the first uh, two or three months, I was pretty much doing the whole thing myself. And, I got to the point where you know I'm working full time, and it, it was just like it was a lot to keep up with uh, for me because I'm not an administrative type person. Like it's just not my my specialty. Uh, but my wife, on the other hand, she is that's her strong suit. And so I asked her to take over the emails and kind of my scheduling. And she comes back to me and she's like, "You realize you're missing a lot of interviews." I'm like, "Really?" And she's like, "Yeah, you have a lot of emails here you've never even opened." I'm just like. <laughs> Oh, okay. You know, and so she started running my schedule and planning things out. And um, around that time, I had started talking to this one podcaster, and uh, she had told me that uh, at any given time, she has 25 interviews sitting waiting to be aired. And I was like, really? And she said, yeah, because you just don't know if something's going to happen in life and you just don't have time to do the interviews. And so I was thinking, okay, that's a good idea. So with my wife's help, we started building up this catalog. And that just became a monster. Like, I mean, at one point I had like 70 interviews that hadn't been aired. And I was just like, it was just like, um, yeah, you, you, you're on the show, but they're like, when is it going to air? I'm like, yeah. mm, maybe, 
a little while, you know, uh, but uh, it, it became a monster. But I'm glad we did it because um, with this move this year, moving to Tennessee, I, uh, I, I, I just didn't have time to focus on, on the recording side of things. And I, I pretty much canceled all my interviews starting in January. And then we moved in April. And then when we moved in April, I didn't have, I had, I had a place I could have recorded in the house, but it was right below my son's bedroom and right outside or right their their um, their playroom was right outside the door. So there was like no quiet spots. And so I had, I, it became very apparent. I had to get my own office space and then I got to the office space and it needed to be renovated. So I was out of work for a while, but I, I blew through that archive and I'm really glad I had it because if not, I don't know what I've been doing. I've been recording with kids screaming and crying in the background. I'm like, sorry guys, this is what it is for now. So, um, yeah, I, I don't even know how I got it's on good all advice. that. I mean, getting so- <laughs> ahead just gives you that kind of just that sense of relief. Like, all right, I had a crazy week. I don't need to panic because I'm supposed to air a show in 20 minutes and I don't have anything yet. Um, but I mean, 70 yeah. is incredible. Like I'm excited if I have four or five weeks of a show ahead. I'm like, I am good. I can go on vacation. I can like 70. I don't know. I would just probably just peace out for, for a while. Have someone schedule my stuff for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, I'm going to be, uh, we're going to be changing some things here over the next year. I'd say I'm hoping to, uh, hire some people. And uh, one thing I want to do is hire somebody to do my audio production where I, I just I want to get to the point where I show up, I sit down, I record, I do the recording, I talk with people, I record the intro, the outro, and I pass it on. I'm like, here, now produce it, make it make it sound good, you know? Um, and, uh, and so we're, we're kind of getting to that point now where that's kind of where I want to go with it. Uh, and that should uh, make my life a little bit easier. Uh, I don't. I'm not looking to build up an archive of 70 again. In fact, I have a new strategy uh, because I, I have about three interviews at least uh, scheduled between now and let's just put it months down the road. Uh, and what I want to do is I want to build up an archive. And when I feel like the archive is just getting too big, I'm going to do like a month where I just dump episodes to the to the members. Uh, so it, it'll be a big payoff for members because. Uh, for like an entire month, almost every day, they're going to have a new episode just dropping on the feed. And that would just be, you know, my way of just dumping the archive so it doesn't get too big, uh, but also giving back to the people who, you know, make me doing this full time possible, you know, so uh, it's a win win um, in my mind. So when you first started gathering people to come on the show, tell their stories, um, or or even since then, like, what level, if any, like, how how much vetting do you have to do of people to just make sure there's someone who has what you see as a real story or real to them, whatever it may be. Um, and has there ever been someone along the way where you decided like, well, this this person isn't really a great fit for this, or maybe, I don't, I don't know if maybe the story isn't real or you didn't, something just didn't feel right about it. I'm curious how much of that kind of goes along in your, in your pre-production process before you actually record. Yeah, uh, so yes to a lot of that. Um, <clears throat> so what I do, when I first started, I would do these, what I would call pre-interviews. I, I, somebody would contact me, I would call them up while I'm driving my truck, and I'd spend time t- having them tell me their experience, and I'm deciding. Uh, and that lasted about five episodes. And I remember, I'm pretty sure it was episode five, I had a guy on talking about uh, a UFO encounter he had, and he said it was the size of a football field. And it was I just a listened really to that good one, story. I, I was digging through the archive, yeah. Oh, really? Awesome. The problem with that was when I talked to him the first time, he took took about 20 to 30 minutes to tell me that story. And I was just like, this is incredible. Well, when we go to record, 
it takes about five, 10 minutes to tell the same story because he left out so many details because subliminally for him, right. he's just he kind of recapping it with you. Yeah. And I was just like, we can't have this. And so um, I decided to basically change it to uh, the first time I talk to somebody, we're recording and then I'll decide from there. And uh, I also, I, I realized early on that I didn't want to be the arbiter of truth when it came to what's possible because we're already dabbling in a in a in an industry in a field where it's like none of this is supposed to be possible. You, you can know? have like, Bigfoot, but you can't people... have fairies. Come on, that's absurd, dude. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I, I'm like, I feel very uncomfortable telling people uh, this is real, but this isn't. You know, not the person telling the story, but the people in the audience. And uh, and so. I, I, I kind of put it in, in to the, into the audience and said, you guys make up your own decision. You know, like these are people's experiences. And um, I have heard, I have seen things that don't seem to make sense. And so I'm not going to sit here and tell you what to believe because um, I think everybody has their own threshold of, of belief. And uh, you have to draw that line for yourself as to where you're going to cross over. And everybody has a, a different starting point too, where it's like some people are atheists. So it takes a long time for them to believe that there's even a ghost because that would require a whole lot of mental gymnastics. And then there's some people who maybe grew up with witches as parents. And so they're like, yeah, of course, spirits. Yeah. You know, so like it, it's, it's, it's understanding that everybody has their own starting point. So they all have different li lines that they're willing to cross as far as belief, and that includes me. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna play that game, then I literally gotta make the game about me, my show, what I believe, what I believe is accessible, acceptable for my audience to even hear. And I don't play that game at all. Uh, and so, and that that's I know you're not doing polit politics, but that's how I feel well, about nothing's the, off the, the, limits. Way, the way the world you're is. Still like, allowed to mention the words, okay? Because <laughs> I I just like. Like we live in a world where it's it, people are so brainwashed to feel like, please just tell mm -hmm. me what to believe. Tell me what to think. Who blew up Nord Stream 2? Like, just tell me. And it's like, man, like we, 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 we have lost the ability to think for ourselves. And so for me on, on this, this path I'm on with paranormal, it's just like, this is a fun way to allow people to start thinking for themselves and, uh, and see where things shake out, you know? And uh, it, it's proven to be pretty, pretty successful in that formula. I have come across people over the years that um, in the moment of me recording with them, it became apparent as like, this person's lying to me because like, they, like they literally say things that are completely different. And th granted, there's a lot of times that somebody will say something on the show that, that contradicts something they said already, and I don't catch it. Uh, but uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're lying. Uh, but when you catch somebody like that, I, I don't make a big spectacle about it. I just like, Hey man, it was really good talking to you. It was like, they're like, uh, they'll be like, Oh yeah, I got, I got a couple more stories. I'm like, ah, man, you know, listen, like uh, the, the wife's calling me for dinner, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and you kind of cut it off. Um, but cause I, I'm not, I'm real big on not wasting Do these my guys time ever hunt you down. Like, Hey man, when's my show, Aaron? Well, what's going on? Uh, I've had, I've had, uh, I've had, Always, I mean, people are always like, you know, you know, do you know when the show's going to air and stuff? Uh, the people who I know is not going to air. Um, fortunately, I don't think I have had somebody like come keep hunting me down for it and stuff. But I have had people like this one guy. I interviewed him, and he was such a nice guy, um, and he he wasn't trying to be malicious with anything. He just was a huge fan of the show. He was a huge fan of paranormal. And 
he wanted to have his own experiences. And so he would read into things way, way too much. And as, as the person telling the story, he doesn't see that. But the person receiving the story, I was like, oh, this guy, like he, like, like there's nothing paranormal about this. It's just reading into things and trying to make it more than what it is. And so in that, in that kind of situation, that's not the only time it's happened, but in those kind of situations, I, I let them just talk and, 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 and I shift roles into more of a, let's just have some time, a human to human, just talking and having a conversation and just letting them be themselves and, and, and share. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of how I go about it. I don't try running away from those people because it, it you know, I, I, in those kind of situations, you, you don't know what that person's going through and they, and they might need just to be able to talk to somebody. Um, there, and there was one other time, and this is recent, actually. Your therapist, Tony, uh, that sometimes too, huh? <laughs> I, it, it's weird because I'm not qualified. Like, I'm not the dude. Like, I have a very short temper. <laughs> and, uh, but it, it's interesting. I had this, this guy, he contacted us initially with this initial email. And Lindsay says, you know, all right, we're going to book this guy because, you know, it seems like it might have an interesting story. And uh, as time went on, this is during, I think, the early stages of 2020, the whole pandemic stuff. Um, he, he's locked up in his house by himself, alone, isolated. Uh, his stepmother, we gathered this from the email, um, his stepmother at some point that year died and he was really close with her. Uh, and so he, it seemed like he took it really hard. And his his emails kept on coming, and they just kept on getting a little bit more bizarre. And it got to the point where you know he's summoning these lizards, and he's talking to these lizards—not lizard people. That that'd be fun to talk about, <laughs> like like literally uh, lizards. Like he's that's in weird Florida, talking to regular lizards these... with lizard people. I get <laughs> regular lizards. Now come on, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, we can go to lizard people, Rod. Like let's let's talk about it, right? But um, no, it, it just. Like he, like he said that he can summon, he can summon light, and he sent us a picture of it, and it was literally him taking a selfie of himself, and it was just the sun behind him, uh, and he was saying that that's he was summoning light, and it was just the way he was saying it was so, um, it was very apparent that being locked up probably messed with him a little bit, and so I don't usually do this. Usually, I um, if I'm just like this, this person I'm not talking to, this is not going to happen. I'll just be like, Hey, I'm busy. We'll have to reschedule, whatever, you know? Um, with him, I just, I felt really compelled. I, I felt compassionate for him. And I just felt like really sad for him. Uh, because it, it was just, for me, it was very apparent that he, he, the whole, the whole 2020 nonsense stuff, it really took a toll on him. And, um, and so I just, I let him know that. And, and I actually had, uh, uh, interviewed his niece and, um, so I actually reached out to her and I, I asked her, Hey, you know, your uncle, you know, have you noticed anything? And she's like, Oh yeah. She's like, we're not even letting our kids talk to him right now because he, he's, he needs some help. And we've told him that. Okay, cool. So I, I shot him an email and I, it was a long email and just tell him like, listen, we're not going to interview you. Here's why I really think that you should seek some counseling and, um, and, and maybe down the road we can talk. But you know, right now I, I think it, it would, it would be, uh, I don't think it would be, I, I, for me personally, uh, on a maybe ethical level, I, I really wouldn't feel comfortable with it. Um, and he emailed back saying how disappointed he was. Uh, but then that's the last I heard of it. And I was like, okay, you know, I move on. Uh, it turns out he was a member and uh, an annual member. So on January 1st, annual members get charged and uh, his his card had bounced. And so I figured, okay, well, you know, he's, he's not going to be a member anymore. And maybe it's because you know, I, I upset him and then, but then he, he re-upped, he did re-up and I was just like, oh, okay. So it wasn't that bad. He, he, it wasn't, you know, too, too, um, I don't know, hard on him or anything like that. 
And uh, then in April, when we moved here to Tennessee, we had gotten an email that was a notification of a cancellation. It was his. And in the, in the, in the response of it, um, where they can put why they're canceling, which I hate that section. I don't even look at the cancellations. My wife knows it. It's not good for my mental health. I don't want to know. This show used to be good. Well, you know, I liked it, it better when it was on the phone. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that's some people are like, you know, they're like, this show used to be good in the first like hundred episodes. I'm like, if you think the first hundred episodes are better than now, you're crazy. And so, like, like good riddance. Uh, but he he cancels and he says that the host uh, wouldn't interview him, which I don't. I'm not, I'm not obligated to interview anybody. Um, it, but I was I was incredibly rude in the email. And, um, he's, he, he's writing a biography and he's adding a chapter <laughs> to the end, the true wow. Tony Merkel. And I was just wow. like, son of a gun, you know, like I was like, I, I, I took the time to write this email and usually it, I, it's like Lindsay does it, you know? And I, I, I took this time and I, I really tried being kind to him and he says the exact opposite. And I was like, does he understand? I have the receipts. Like I have the email I sent, like I can prove what I said. Uh, but he um he said that and i at first i was like man do i have a defamation situation coming up here you know um but i i did talk to a lawyer friend of mine and he said first of all being a public figure you're not going to win that he's like you can't prove defamation as a public figure it's incredibly hard and um and so he's like just the guy's gonna just blow over and so we're just waiting around seeing what happens but uh maybe he'll come out with a, a book talking about me and you know compel other people to to check out my show. You I don't can know. Call this episode advertising. The real true Tony Merkel so people can get the counter the counter narrative <laughs> over here. Yeah. I mean, I'm not claiming to be the nicest guy in the world and stuff, but I remember I that situation, I felt so bad for him. Like I was trying to be so nice and for him to say that I was I was an awful person in the email, I was that's like that's just nice not man. true. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Over Billy Tony is for now of, on. You know, having all these interviews, hearing all these stories are are there certain types of stories that you hear that sort of make your skin crawl more than others? Are, are there things where you actually just get goosebumps? Like you almost feel uncomfortable with, with, with the, with the way the story is playing out. Traditionally, no, uh, traditionally. And I think this stems from my, my lack of experience with mm. horror movies. Um, I don't have any mental images of what people are, are talking about. So it really protects me. And it just leads me to my own imagination, and my imagination isn't that great, apparently. So I might be picturing uh, Freddy so, Krueger, but you're seeing a nice fluffy bunny. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oh, it's just your neighbor, dude. Are you sure he wanted to kill you? Like, <laughs> but I'll say this: that there are there are there are situations, storylines that pop up, and, and and a particular one that has been popping up recently that isn't making my skin crawl, but really making me personally do mental gymnastics to understand how it's possible. Uh, because the information I have isn't just somebody sharing a story with me. They brought receipts to the table that I've been able to verify. And it's like, okay, so this is clearly happening to people, multiple people. And how do I, how do I approach this? How do I fit this into my box of thinking? And I, and, and that's where my, my uh, thinking outside the box uh, and being very comfortable with that comes in where uh, I'm very okay with coming across information that challenges my conventional way of thinking and uh, and realigning the way I think about certain things and uh, veering off course and going down different thought processes to, to see what's up. Uh, for me, it, it, 
I, I, the only thing that's really off limits is the whole Jesus thing for me. Like, um, if so, it, 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 it would really take some serious, um, proof and, and, uh, uh, just beyond a shadow of a doubt kind of thing for me to kind of denounce Jesus as God, uh, outside of that spiritual thing right there for me, I'm very open to seeing what's up. And uh, recently, I last year, I had a story. And this is kind of what I told you earlier stuff. I'm working on a new podcast. This whole thing is starting a whole brand new podcast I'm going to be working on. Um, last year, I came across a, a guy who contacted me. And he just basically wanted to share this shadow man experience that he had. Uh, he had just graduated high school. Him and his friend were going to the Marines. And you know, right before they left, they wanted to go do something. So they went up to his friend's family property. I guess they bought some kind of like maybe like an old dollar store or something. They're renovating it into something. And so they decided to spend the weekend there and his parents went too. Uh, and he said he never had any paranormal experiences his entire life until that day. Um, he's inside by himself and he hears some footsteps walk over to him. And he was just like, that was weird, you know, but whatever. Uh, that night he wakes up and he's sleeping in the same room as his friend. And I think they're all kind of in the same room, like under construction. So it's like, everybody's kind of like hunkered down in this one big room. Uh, and he sees his friend uh, and there's this like shadow entity hovering over his friend, like leaning over his friend. And he said this thing had like a, a black uh, misty kind of thing rolling off its back. And um, this was like kind of like misty. Uh, but he said the fingers were really long and uh, it was like hovering over him. And then he goes, what the f... And he drops the F-bomb. And and in the between the time of his friend and other people waking up from him doing that, this thing turned towards him, came up to his face. Like, if I remember correctly, kind of like uh, growled at him or maybe made like a pissed off face and it shot out the window. And so they're like, what's up? And he's like, ah, I just had a bad dream, you know? Well... He, uh, that was his first experience and he, and that's what I thought we were going to be talking about. You know, I figured, oh, this is probably gonna be about a 20 minute conversation. Uh, but before we started recording, he said that he had something else he wanted to talk to me about, but he didn't want to put it in the email because he thought if he did put it in the email, I would, he would never hear from me. Cause he, I think he's crazy. And I'm like, bro, you came to the right show for crazy, man. Like, let's do this. You know, like, like the crazy, like, the better for the me. guy who thought the sun, he was creating the light of the sun. Don't worry. <laughs> Right, right. And so um, he he tells me this long story. I'm going to just really kind of summarize a lot. Uh, but basically, uh, one night he is outside with his friend early morning and they are smoking cigarettes. Uh, he they, they both see a UFO in the sky, a, a very bright light. He described it as it looked like stadium lights in the sky. Um, and so he sees it, doesn't really say anything. His friend sees it and he's like, you see that? Yeah, I see it. Let's go see what what it is. Because he, he said it looked like it was about five minutes away, drive distance. So he doesn't have any shoes on, nothing like that. They get in the car. They start driving. Um, they drive for, let's just say, 45 minutes. They're not catching up to this thing. It's staying the same equal distance away from them. And they get out of the car uh, next to a cornfield. And they're just like, looking up at the sky. And he hears next to the cornfield some kind of growl in the cornfield. And so he's, he's like, what the heck? And so he gets, it, he gets in the car. And they keep following the UFO. They're driving for an hour and uh, they get out of the car again and they're looking and all of a sudden his friend who he said was a very jolly kind of guy, uh, it's like, get back in the car now. And so he jumps back in the car and he spins it around and he starts heading back to town and he's like, I'm sorry I involved you in this. And he's like, what are you talking about? Involved me in what? And um, he proceeds to tell him this story about how 
when he was a teenager, I'd say probably like 12, 13 years old, uh, he had like a, like, like, like a lucid dream. And he was walking through this tunnel system and this tunnel system opened up in this, this big, um, like throne room cave looking, uh, room. And in that room was an entity dressed in black, recruiting him to come work for him. And, uh, so he tells him this and he's like, I accepted the offer. And since then I've been working for this entity and I, I recently cut the entity off and that's him coming for me. And he's like, what? Like, he's like, he's like in the car. He's like, yo, dude, you're crazy. I thought we were just crazy, innocently man. chasing a UFO, like a normal, you know, normal yeah, uh, paranoid, like, paranormal experience. You know, he's trying to figure out if he needs to take control of the wheel and turn his friend into the local hospital and stuff. And, uh, and he, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. And so, um, he gives, he gives his phone, his friend gives him the, his phone and he's like, here, call my girlfriend and, uh, and just ask her if it's true and she'll tell you. And so, uh, he calls her and he just, all he says to her is, is it true? And she says, if you're asking me if it's true, it means he told you, yes, it's true. And he's like, what the heck? So they get back to the house and all of a sudden his friend gets out of the car and runs down the street, but he doesn't run down the street like a normal human being. He runs like Captain America speed running down the street. He says, just gone. And then he, he hears him go to the corner, uh, up the alley. And then he hears this like, like, like uh, something is being torn apart in a sense, like something's being killed. And then his friend comes walking back and he has this like black tarry substance all over him. And he, like he, he what it seemed like his friend killed something. And he said that, whatever that light was in the sky uh, sent something to come after my guest that was telling me this because his friend involved him in this by even bringing him on this, this wild goose chase with this UFO. So he's just like, yo, this is crazy. I don't know what to make of this. Like I just saw my friends do my friend do something that shouldn't be possible. Human super speed. Uh, he's telling me this crazy story, but the story is crazy. I shouldn't believe this. Right. You know? And um, he starts asking his friend tons of questions over time and he answers questions, but he's like, you know, listen, I don't want to keep telling you this stuff. Like, I don't have, I don't, I'm not going to keep answering these questions to you. Uh, so he gives him a book and he's like, here, read this book. It was written about me. Everything in there is true. It's written as if, as if it's fiction, but everything in, in that book is true. And uh, I'm talking to this guy on video like I am with you. And he's in his car and he holds up the book and he's like, this is the book he gave me. And I'm like, holy crap. Okay, so keep talking. Um, and he said he read through the book and it details all this stuff, all this crazy wild stuff of how like his friend can go into this, goes to this other world and he's highly involved in this other world and working for this other entity. And, um, it, it's just like this, this whole bizarre trip. And, um, and so like, he, like he, he has like this proof now. And then apparently over time he's hanging out with his buddy and he meets some of the other friends. Well, some of these other friends that of, of his friend, um, they are in the book. And so he would ask them, he's like, listen, is, is all this true? And, the, and most of them, he said, were very standoffish. And they would just be like, yeah, it's true. And they would just change the subject, walk away kind of thing. Because it turns out his friend who introduced him to this whole topic had to recruit other people to come work for him in this other world. And, and he taught his friends how to go to this other world just like he does. 
And so I, I know it's this is like trippy, a, right? It's like um, so we're, it's like uh, we got UFOs, maybe a men in black type thing. But then it's like now we got a multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> you got to form your own team. Like, wow, that's a lot. Right, right. It, it's crazy. And so like, it, but the, here's the thing. So um, what you just said it, it is true in the sense that this whole storyline involves almost every piece of, of, of the paranormal. Everything I've been doing for the last six years it's like I feel like it's like the centerpiece of this whole big puzzle I've been trying to put together. Um, and so his his friend tells him that all that stuff. Uh, his girlfriend at one point was recruited by an entity. Uh, she said that, uh, and it wasn't in a lucid dream. She actually, um, I, I believe it wasn't a lucid dream, but she was actually approached by an entity named Baal, which a lot of people, if they study any kind of like biblical knowledge and things, there's a God named Baal. Well, this Baal character uh, recruited her. She said, no, she didn't want anything to do with it because she already knew about her boyfriend. The weird thing is, <laughs> if it's not weird already, um, the weird thing is, uh, my guest, his brother, who he's not buddy buddy with they don't get along um starts telling him how he's having these weird dreams how he was being recruited by this entity and he described the same exact thing his friend told him and his friend and his brother aren't friends as as far as he knows like they they like like they don't know each other and so like he's tripping one night while he's in his basement he had his bedroom in the basement he hears his brother upstairs screaming bloody murder so he runs upstairs and uh, his brother's like, I just had a bad dream that these monkeys were coming after me. They're cutting my back up. Well, it turns out his brother's back was all cut up. And he's like, some, I don't know what Freddy to do with Kruger this. Right there, so he, yeah. So he, call, he calls, his, he calls his, uh, his friend who told him about all this stuff. And he's like, I don't know who else to call. So I called him. And his friend gets to the house like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Perfect time, right? Witching hour, 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, and he gets out of the car and he's like, listen, it's going to get really weird right now. I can help your brother, but it's going to get really weird right now. He's like, okay. And at that moment, he said his friend grew seven, eight inches. And, uh, he said his eyes changed, he, his body changed. And then his friend looks at him and he's like, your friend will be, your, your friend will be back in a little bit until then I'm here. And he's like, oh, who are you? <laughs> like, and, and it turns out, uh, it's not just lucid dreaming that you can access this world. You can do it instantaneously through having a counterpart that replaces you here. And, uh, and so that tripped him out. But I say, I bring this up because of this investigation I'm on. So uh, his brother, his, that whole thing happens. His friend comes back and tells him, listen, I took care of things. Your brother's going to be fine. Uh, He's not going to remember tonight and don't tell him about tonight or else it might undo what I did. But those, those entities are going to leave him alone now. Cool. So um, it turns out that uh, those entities are back now, and literally two, not this past, not this weekend that we just came off of the weekend before. I was out of town, sitting down with this guy's brother, having a, a two-hour conversation about what he has been through, and I opened it up with because he didn't know what we were sitting down really to talk about. He's like, all he knew is his brother wanted him to talk to this podcaster guy. And so I, I wind and dined them, made them feel real good, you know, stuff, brought them back to my place here, have a seat, you know, uh, and here, here's a microphone. What? <laughs> you know? And um, I said to him, uh, normally people, people uh, have a story to tell me on my show. And so I just say, hey, welcome to the show. Uh, this is so-and-so. Talk, let's start it off. Where did this all start for you kind of thing? But I said, you're a different situation. I don't know how to start this conversation. So I just said, 
your brother told me that at one point in your life, you were recruited to work for an entity. Is that true? And he's, he looked at his brother, he looked at me, and he's like, yeah. And I was like, can you tell me the name of that entity? And he's like, bail. And I was like, okay, now we're, now we're rolling. And for two hours, he, he mirrored the story that, that my guest had told me. Uh, he actually has Bale's sigil tattooed on his back shoulder. Um, he still technically is um, working for Bale, even though he doesn't want to. Um, and these, these, these monkey entities are back. He, and he, and he brought them up to me. I didn't like, I, he's just telling me all this stuff. And he brings up these monkey entities. And so I tell his brother, I'm like, well, since it's already happening and it's undoing itself, I think it's safe for you to tell your brother. And so he tells his brother on the recording about how his whole story, and it was like a real brother on brother healing relationship kind of situation. It was really interesting. Like, I'm not going to lie. Uh, tears were shed by everybody. And so uh, it's very emotional. But um, to rewind from this whole thing, there's a, there's a lot of detail that's in it. But uh, I've come across people who uh, have been on my show before this person initially brought this whole story to me. There have been people on my show describing things very similar. Like this one guy talked about how he was having sex with his girlfriend back in the day. All of a sudden, he's somewhere else and he doesn't understand where he's at, but he's walking through this tunnel system. And as he opens in, it opens in this big room, he actually hears a voice saying, you're entering the throne room. And there's this man dressed in black recruiting him to come work for him. Now, this was on my show before. This is the first time I ever heard this on my show. I had no, no story that I just told you to, to back it up with. And um, I, I've come I, just maybe two months ago, I had a guy email me saying, you're going to think I'm crazy. And he tells me the same freaking thing. And so these people are popping up. And um, because I had access to the name of that book and the author, I was able to look up the author and I contacted the author about an hour after I had that initial conversation. And uh, the author at first said, yeah, I wrote it about him, but it's all fiction. He started thinking it was real and he's, he's basically crazy. And so you shouldn't believe him. And I'm like, that makes sense. Like, that makes sense. The guy's crazy. It's all made up. And then I was like, hold on. My guest told me he saw his friend do things that shouldn't be possible. And so I put that back on the author. And I said, so is my, is my guest lying to me then too? And she, then her, her tune changed. And she's like, look, the shit that I've seen in this world, I can't get away from. And every time I try to get away from it, I think it's behind me. Somebody like you just brings it back in. And she started like spilling all this stuff. And I was like, whoa, whoa. And so I, I just uh, I said to her, listen, I know the answer is going to be no. But I got to ask you, would you talk to me about this stuff? And she said, actually, yeah, I will, because I can't talk to a therapist yeah, about this no, stuff. They're going to no. think I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're not equipped for the You're more equipped so like than the therapist on this one, actually. I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, for sure. So two days later, I have like a two and a half hour conversation with this author. And she's basically relaying this, the whole thing from her perspective. She's a witch. And uh, she, she was responsible for opening portals and closing portals and like things coming through. And I'm just like, yo, this is a freaking trip. And uh, I've been hit. I've been hinting on my show about all this stuff, and I've been telling my audience, I've been priming them, and it's been perfect timing. Uh, the season four of Stranger Things came out, and I just started telling my audience, I'm like, listen, um, what you see on Stranger Things, I'm convinced. I've heard you is say that a lot false. in the last few <laughs> Yes, and this is why because I'm working a story that uh, I can't get away from because the book, like I have the book in my house now. Like physically, I have it. Uh, it's one of like I was say, is this a public. Can I go on right Amazon because, and buy this? Like this is like a no. So and here's the thing. Here's the thing. So at this is this is what sucks. I was asked by the so the author people there was somebody that tried killing her, and uh, so she took the book off the market, and she has asked me 
more like begged me not to release the name of the book or her name because she doesn't want to be part of this. And so it's unfortunate because people are going to call me a lie. They're going to say I'm making this up. And I just have to accept that. It is what it is. Uh, because I, ethically, I can't, I can't release that information. At least not yet. Maybe one day she's, she's going to be like, you know what? Let's do this. And she'll be like, let's go sit down and have a conversation. Like, let that, let's go. Like, I'm there before, it, it, before you change your mind. Um, but uh, that, that said, um, the book that I have access to, um, my show started in 2017. That, for, uh, uh, January 19th, 2017 is when we dropped our first episode. And uh, the book was published in December of 2012. So five years before my show even existed, um, this storyline, this book and everything in it existed. And so I can't say that people are making up a story to trick me on my show when the story itself existed before right, my right, show existed, yeah. you know? Right. And then I had people on my show before this story came across my path. I had people on my show telling me their experiences of being recruited by these entities. And I just had, I was like, oh, so Satan was trying to re recruit you. Cool. Like, I, I didn't know what to do with it, you know? And now it's like all starting to come together. And I'm just like, yo, this is a trip. So 20 minutes ago, you asked me, did I ever have anything that made my skin crawl? And I would say, probably not skin crawl, but mind-bending trip. I, yes. I wonder, like, you know, yes. talk going back to your your religious beliefs and how strongly you feel about that. How how do you reconcile that with everything you hear about, especially a story like this on your show? Do you see this all as sort yeah. of like, yeah, okay, this is what is being described. This is the spiritual war. This is some of the, the bad stuff that we're dealing with. Um, do you see it fitting in perfectly with sort of your worldview? Or are there sometimes when you have to sort of question things and, and say, does this challenge my world worldview? Do I have to find a new way to fit this in? How do you sort of wrap your head around all that? So, um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely challenging. Um, like going back to what I said earlier about the whole challenging Christ thing, like that's my foundation. And so like you really, really, really have to have me convinced of what the information you're giving me to make me get off that train. Uh, everything else though, we build from. And so there's things in the Bible like Psalm 82. And in Psalm 82, in the first two verses, it, talks, it says uh, that God held judgment amongst the other gods. And, and, and I think that's in the English standard version, uh, but in the Hebrew, in the initial, the way it was written, it says Elohim, meaning God held judgment amongst the Elohim. And there's no way to get around it other than saying that it was written in the original language it was written in. It's saying that God held judgment amongst other gods. And just that alone, uh, that statement alone tells you that there is a hierarchy in uh, the spiritual realm than, than well beyond the, what we're traditionally taught in Christian theology, uh, especially American Christian theology. I've learned over the years that other countries uh, aren't so scared of supernaturalism as we are here in America. Um, but then the, the following verses is literally God talking to them saying, how long are you going to be uh, holding the wicked in high places and basically the, those who are in need, um, you basically, you're stomping on. I can't remember the exact quotes, but he's basically, the, whatever these entities were, God gave them jobs to do and they weren't doing it. And so I'm not, I'm not foreign from the idea that there is a, a, a whole other realm and I don't understand it. And I also come from the perspective of uh, if God is who he says he is, which would be omnipotent, all-knowing, all-powerful, omniscient, uh, that's really big. 
That's really big. And if I can personally, in my finite mind, understand and encompass everything mentally as to what is the essence of God and why God does anything or, or everything, um, I would say he's probably not worth even following to begin with. Because like, if the, it, like, like it's basically saying understand infinity. You know, like that's really hard to understand and and and, and appreciate. Like, like what do you, what do you mean infinity? It just keeps going. Like, how where, it's hard to when you really sit and think about it. And that's kind of like how I view God. I, I shouldn't be able to totally understand everything about God in this in this stupid ten percent brain that I use kind of thing. You know, like I'm a former trucker podcaster now. I probably shouldn't be able to to hold to to hold that that uh that that equation equal. You know, um. So when it comes to this whole thing, I do believe that there are other entities other than angels, demons, Satan. Like that's what you're traditionally taught, you know? I think that there are other gods. So in the Bible, it talks about how um, uh, God instructed people not to worship other gods. And I always tell people, he didn't, he, like God's not into wasting his breath. Yeah, why say He's that not if there's tell no other gods to, to worry about, right? Right, right. And he does it throughout the entire Bible. And so like, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so there are other beings in existence and uh, there are other beings that rebelled from God outside of Lucifer. Uh, we know the fallen angels rebelled. That's a second rebellion right there. We talk about in, in Revelation, the, the war in heaven where 200, I think it's a, either 2 million or 200 million uh, angels fell from heaven. Like there's another and that's rebellion. that's if you don't like, even go Book of um, Enoch and, and, and get into all that, you know? <laughs> don't get me on Book of Enoch, bro. Like, I mean, Book of Enoch's nuts. Uh, and so like, it's, it's way more complex than what we've been traditionally thought. And I'm okay. Uh, I'm very comfortable not having all the answers. Uh, I'm just pursuing what's in front of me and I can't get past what's in front of me. There are, there are certain evidences in front of me that point to this story, uh, having at least some credibility. And if it has some credibility, I got to run with it because it's too big to, to just pass on. So because I was able to, it's very rare having somebody contact you for your show, having a, an exceptional story to then only, uh, to, to then also have receipts to back it up like that book. And he sent me the book. And so I have it in my hand. I see the copyright date. I know that he's not making up stories for my show because they existed before my show existed. So it's very rare that I'm able to kind of follow that rabbit trail. Uh, it's it, it's even more crazy that I've been able to contact the author. She still talks to me, even though she won't go on the record. She'll she'll answer my questions. Um, and I've had other people randomly contact me for my show who have very similar experiences. His brother, I've been able to sit down with and talk to just recently, less than two weeks uh, from from the time we're recording this. So like, th this is a very rare situation where there's so many things I was able to pull on, and they're all starting to, to pan out. And um, I, the author told me that the book, the guy that this book was written after my, my guest friend, she told me that I should not contact him because, uh, he's very egotistical and he'll look at it as a very egotistical way. And he'll probably, uh, be very willing to jump back in on this stuff with, with me. And, uh, she's like, only bad things can happen if he gets involved with this. Um, my my guest uh, has told me that he feels the opposite where he feels like she, or feels like his friend, uh, would be more standoffish, not want to talk to me or him and probably just cut us off right away. So I have these two extreming po points of view, uh, and I don't know which one's which I know where he's at. 
I know where he lives. I know, I, I know how to get a hold of him. I, I could do it right now. But I'm scared to get a hold of him in the wrong way because then I don't want to scare him away, you know? Because is he egotistical where he's like, oh, yeah, let's do this? Or is he like, you know what? I'm married. I have a kid now. I don't want to touch this. And this story could be a movie, not the story itself. I mean, like you trying to investigate it could be its oh. own movie. You're like the Fox Mulder of this thing. It's it's crazy, man. Like, it, it's nuts. Uh, I thought about it, actually. I thought about making this like a docu-series kind of thing, but... Um, I'm just not that organized and I don't have a team around me to, to be able to, uh, help me pull it, pull it all together. So right now it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a seasonal podcast and we're going to put out, a, put out the first season and, uh, it's going to just basically lay out what we, what we know at this point and, uh, hopefully people enjoy it. Um, it, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a trip. I think I told, I tell everybody the same thing. Um, the confessionals, the podcast I have right now, I think is, uh, it, it, it's it's one of the top, if not the top, paranormal podcast out there. There's people that are bigger than me that spoke, like my friend Wes's show. His show is way bigger than mine, but he only focuses on Bigfoot. Uh, I do everything, and I don't know of anybody else out there bigger than my show. Um, that said, I think almost instantaneously this new podcast is going to be blowing my podcast away. I think it, it's going to like it's it's such a compelling story that even if you don't believe it, you're not going to be able to help yourself but share it with other people. You're going to be like, this is crazy. Like this Do we is have a, a release date or a, a title, anything else you can tease us with here? So I'm hope you know what? I'm not sure if I'm allowed to give the title away yet. So I, be okay. I better not. My wife might get my wife get might get mad at me. Uh, we just enough. nailed down the title. But uh, as far as release date, uh, I don't have that either. I'm I'm trying to come out with a, a new film uh, and drop that this fall. Uh, and in the meantime, trying to come out with this podcast. Uh, but I'm hoping I'm hoping early next year I'll be able to to uh, to do this. Um, I am. I found one uh, avenue to approach this guy with to possibly get him to talk to me. And so now me and, and this other guy are, are trying to craft it and understand how to approach him with this information, the best way to not scare him away completely. Um, but that is something that needs to unfold within the next month or so. Because if he is willing to talk, we will probably make the last episode of the first season with him coming on the show and and talking about everything. And um, and then what I basically want to do is I want to set it up so that here's what we know. Here's the first season. If you want a second season, you're going to need to share the show around with people who might have input and say on things. Maybe they've had experiences. And I can almost guarantee you just from the, the fact that I've had so many people, not tons, but like uh, I, I, at least three people have contacted me for my show with with stories that are mirroring this. I can guarantee you, if this thing blows up, there's going to be a ton of people contacting me with their experiences with this realm uh, and how it all unfolded. Um, I will tell you this last thing here too. Um, I found a guy in South Africa that I think is tied to this. He's a photographer. And... Um, he has a photography series called uh, Underworld or something like that. And what he does is he takes several images and he puts them together. So it's like photoshopped all together, but it's to portray a realm that he's visited in his quote unquote dreams. And the images match a lot of what we talk about on this, on this show. And uh, the crazy thing is his artist name, his first name and his last name are real, but he has a middle name. And the middle name is is uh, is added, and the name is the name of this world that people are going to. 
And so I've tried getting this guy to talk to me and, and it's just ghosts. Like he's not talking to me. Wow. Well, that's a, that's certainly a high level teaser uh, for that show. And, and Tony, we've, we've only really scratched the surface of the kind of topics that you cover on the confessionals. So I want to encourage my listeners to head over and check that show out. If you're even remotely interested in this, in this kind of stuff that we've been talking about today, because the stories are just absolutely uh, fascinating. And from my perspective, <clears throat> Who knows? Like you said, I'm not the arbiter of truth, but your guests sound extremely credible. At least, at least it seems to me like they really believe what, what they say. So, I mean, that's the interpretation is up to everybody, but uh, they sound very credible in terms of, you know, their, their own trustworthiness of, of, you know, their interpretation of events for sure. So uh, Tony, before I let you go, I think you're going to stick around. We're going to hop into the smoke filled room, get a little weirder here, but uh, if it wasn't weird enough with that last story, but before yeah. we let you go, why don't you just uh, toss us everywhere we can uh, find the show. Everybody can, and how everybody can, um, you know, keep track of what you're doing. Yeah. So I, I host the confessionals podcast. I interview people more so conversational. I really try to make my show almost like the paranormal Joe Rogan type show where I just sit down and I have a conversation with people and see where it goes. Um, but it's all about their paranormal experiences and you can find that on any podcast, any podcast playing app. Uh, we are on YouTube, but I don't upload to YouTube a whole lot because video is a lot of work for me and I hate it. So I don't do a whole lot of YouTube, uh, but we are on all podcast playing platforms and uh, it's just the show's about me talking to people about their experiences, whether, whether it's abductions, aliens, uh, UFOs, hauntings, Bigfoot, uh, dogmen, werewolves, or jumping into other realms and being recruited by entities and gods. And we, do, we do it all on The Confessionals. So uh, you can check us out. Uh, and also theconfessionalspodcast.com is a nice little hub to kind of jump to. So yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot, Tony. Appreciate it. Keep up the great work. And uh, thanks for coming on my show. Appreciate it, brother. All right, gang, I hope you enjoyed the very first edition of the Mark Claire Show. And the conversation with Tony Merkel did, in fact, continue in the smoke-filled room. It is the bonus segment I do with all of my guests and premium listeners, premium subscribers to the Mark Claire Show. Already heard it. Already watched that full over 90-minute conversation uh, in that bonus show. Tony and I, if you can believe it, decided, got a little weirder even than that, than the stuff we talked about uh, in today's episode. Tony expanded a little bit on the story that you heard, that wild story that you heard today. Got a little bit deeper on that one. Uh, we also talked about some other things like Skinwalker Ranch, even touched on my own experience um, having a semi-close encounter, you might say, with uh, Nawal, which is the Mexican term for Skinwalker, something that I learned from my wife. So uh, we get into all of that again in the smoke-filled room bonus segment, uh, which all of my premium subscribers can watch and listen to. Uh, of course, you can subscribe post all the links over at markclair.com. That just goes right to my link tree that shows you all the ways you can listen to the show, all the ways you can watch the show, all the ways you can support the show. Uh, but essentially, Patreon, I do have a subscribe star as well, since I know a lot of you are Patreon adverse. Uh, right now, it seems most people are just hopping over to Patreon. I am also on Rockfin. The great thing about Rockfin, for those of you that don't know, while I will post my public shows there as well, I'm also posting the extended premium editions, including that smoke-filled room bonus segment, uh, over on Rockfin 
premium. Now, I don't know if you guys know how Rockfin works. My lowest tier on Patreon on Subscribestar is $8 a month. Well, guess what? For $10 a month, you get not just my content on Rockfin, you get all the premium content of all the creators on Rockfin, which is pretty awesome. Uh, guys I follow on there include Sam Tripoli, Jay Dyer, uh, Courtney Turner, uh, who else? Charlie Robinson, my guest who, on episode three. There are so many great creators over there on Rockfin. Uh, so if you haven't signed up yet and you're interested, I would ask, since you're, if you're, since you're watching my show or listening to my show, that you do join through my show because I do get credit for anybody who joins through me. But if you're already on there and you're already digging the bonus content of other people or you're, you're, you like some of those creators I mentioned. There's just a ton of great content on Rockfin. And again, you get all of the bonus content from all of the creators on that site for $10 a month, just $2 more than I charge. So I do better if you go directly through one of my platforms, but uh, I'm a big fan of what Rockfin is doing and I'm happy to support them and you know get some kickbacks of my own that way. So I'm just putting all the options out there. Whatever you guys want to do, however you guys want to listen, however you guys want to share and support the show, I'm cool with that as long as you're uh, as long as you're enjoying the content and I'm happy to take feedback. Uh, I do have a Telegram group that is linked in over on markclair.com. For those of you who are listening who don't know how to spell my name, I should point that out. It's Mark, Mark with a C, M-A-R-C, last name Claire, C-L-A-I-R, M-A-R-C, C-L-A-I-R.com. That will get you the links to the show anywhere and everywhere. Thank you so much for tuning in to this very first episode. I hope to have you sticking around. And until next time, in case I don't see you, Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.